0: Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life.
1: We have an awesome parenting. If you're a parent or thinking about becoming a parent, we have this great event coming up Saturday, March 14th, called Parenting Conversations. We realize that um, so many of us who are parents, when we come into church on a Sunday. The number one thing on our list is not what's the guy going to preach on. It's, you know, how I'm going to handle my kids and how I'm going to handle my finances and how am I going to handle work. We get that. We're sympathetic to that. And we, wanna, we want the church to have a voice, though, and begin a conversation of resourcing and partnering with parents. So if that's you, just uh, go ahead and, and take a picture or put the date in your phone, save the date. There's a registration link. You can email Melissa if you need uh, help with child care that morning. We'd love to help you. We'd love to begin the conversation with you. The other thing you should know about is we have a Mexico trip coming up. It's right around the corner. Mexico is a, it's an experience, it's a ministry, it's a partnership, uh, it's a serve opportunity. It's all those things wrapped up into one. And and I would just talk to you for a minute, if you're the person who's never been to Mexico before with Watermark, um, that this is the trip for you. There's a handful of you who have already been on a trip, and that's wonderful. Keep going for the continued partnership. But if you've never been on a Mexico experience, you've never, you've never met our partners down there, the local church in Rosarito, Mexico, uh, you should go. It is safe, we assure you. It is fun. The accommodations are great. And uh, you're going to learn something about God and about yourself on that experience. So you can go to the website. There's a there's a link and, and a contact for all that really good stuff that's going on.
2: Yeah, and, and in terms of generations, it's really a family-friendly trip. It's really fun to see parents take their kids they go down to build a house together, just amazing learning, the amazing things that happen when both generations are together working on something uh, bigger than themselves to give themselves away for the poor or the broken. It's really, really a cool thing. So if you're a family, it's a great safe, safe first step, and just right across the border, it's not too far, it's a good thing. So come join us if God puts that on your heart. Well, what's happening at Watermark? This morning we're talking about the work of the church, work matters. What about the work of the church Uh, God's work matters because he cares about his church, right? He cares about his people. And how God works in the church is through gifted leaders. And, And God creates this incredible thing where he calls leadership people right out of the church and calls them and gives them a vision to lead and to work to build his church. And at Watermark last weekend, we got away with some of the most gifted leaders in our church, blessed leaders, the elders of our church. Every year we go away and we pray and we ask God, God, what are you doing in our church? We look back at the vision and see what God has done. We look at what's happening present and then we look forward and we ask God, show us, what part of the vision do you want us to emphasize? Where are you guiding us? How can we join you in what you're doing? Uh, I love what uh, Paul said in the book of Ephesians about gifted leadership in the church. So Christ himself gave the leaders, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ might be built up until we reach all the unity and in the, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. At Watermark, God calls gifted leaders, men and women, to serve the church, to build up the church. The, the leadership structure at Watermark, we, we, we talk about it this way, we're elder-led, Staff-driven, Ben and I are both on the elder board, we go away with the elders, we come back, we hear God's voice, and then we implement that vision through a staff team that works with us on a weekly basis. And then we have a whole group of leaders, men and women, that we call deacons that support that structure, and they come alongside, whether that's an area of the poor and needy, or small groups, whatever the, the ministry structures are, those deacons support it. So we're elder-led, staff-driven, deacon supported and the whole goal of this whole structure is equip to equip the church, to equip you guys. Because we're here to serve you. You're not here to serve us. We're here to serve you and equip you for the ministry that God has given you to. Every one of us has a ministry. We believe that everybody in the church is a minister with a ministry. And we want to equip you and support you and train you so you can do the ministry that God has called you. Whether that's inside of the church or outside of the church. It might be in your workplace that you're doing ministry. It may be in your family system. We want to equip you for the ministry and the calling that God has for you. And, and that's what we do that. We do that through gifted leadership, and that brings unity and maturity in Christ.
1: Yeah, we're excited because we have a meeting even after service today with a few leaders that we've been kind of inviting to a developmental process over the last month. And um, what I would just say to you, because the more people I meet, the more I realize the, the maybe it's just our time or, or culture or just the, the thought life in here where we get so just backwards. But the more people I meet, the more they don't believe that God could use them as a leader. The more self-doubt, the more um, inadequacy. That's the, the more people I meet, that's the more that I see and I hear. And I would just tell you as an encouragement that there's a place for you here at Watermark and in this city to partner with God's great mission of redeeming the world. There's a place for you. There's a place for every single one of you. I was in a group uh, with uh, some you know, younger pastors, and there was an older pastor there kind of blessing us with his time. Great man who's led an amazing church ministry for three, four decades. And he just said so simply, more leaders, more ministry. More leaders, more ministry. What he was saying was is that more leaders, people who own and serve and participate, provides for a greater volume of service. The people we can serve and the impact that we can see. And so we're, we're so excited about that value, and, and I would just tell you if that's you, if there's even a small little 1% seed of hmm, maybe that could be me, um, that's what we're after here as a generational community is to, is to raise and multiply followers of Jesus. Yeah,
2: and that just aligns with the vision that God has given us. About three years ago, uh, Ben and I and the elders and elders' wives got together, and we began to pray and ask God, what, where is it that you're leading us What is it that you want to do in our church in a fresh new way and God gave us specific words and ideas and we craft them together and this is up on the wall but it's up on the screen or this is this is really the the way that God fleshes out his vision here at Watermark Church and the leadership teams are all committed to building a generational community that flourishes in God conversations and the authentic love of Christ. And that really is the preferred future that we're headed toward. That's what we're giving ourselves to. That's what we align our our vision to, our resources, our money, our times, our talents, our treasures, so we can move forward in that vision in the church. And every year, God seems to put a spotlight on a certain aspect of this vision and say, this is the year that I want you to spotlight this. I want you to move more in this. I, I want to show you what this looks like. And really, the word this year that God's given us is generational. And that comes out of that psalm that's on this card that you have, Psalm 105, that God is a generational God, and He really is here to bless the generations. He's a faithful God. Here's Psalm 100, where this verse comes out of this year. And let's look at this Psalm 105. This is a a psalm that is written about the kingship of God. And it's called one of the royal psalms, uh, Psalm 95 to Psalm 100, talking about God's majesty, His creation glory, and how He rules the creation and how he rules through his people. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? Before, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues Throughout all generations. And that's our church verse. That's the verse that gives us a true north this year. Our staff will be aligned to that as they write their ministry plans and look at vision. Ben and I will manage that. The elders will pray towards that. We'll resource that. that. This generational idea is where we're headed this year at Watermark Church. And really, we give that verse to you so you can be praying with us about that. Thanking God, maybe for the generational blessing in your life. What he's doing in your family system. How he's changing things and moving that forward. And thanking him for the fact that his church is generational. And there's a place for every generation. And the blessing comes as the generations work together uh, for the common good of his vision and the church and the culture that surrounds them. That's a unique thing. Uh, Many many times we think in Scripture of generational curses, right? Just the bad stuff I got from my parents. The bad stuff we got from the last generation, the last political generation, or economic generation, all this bad stuff. But what about the good stuff? that God is doing as his faithfulness works through the generations. Man, we want to see that flourish and happen at Watermark Church. It's it's an exciting thing, and that's really what he does. Uh, He does it through succession, this idea of succession. Succession is for the generations. Succession is for everybody in the church. It's for leadership. It's for volunteers. It's for families, families. It's for generations, is that one generation is here not to just think of themselves, but they're here to think of the next generation that's coming after them, whether that's their family or their spiritual family. They're here to love that generation. They're here to equip that generation and nurture that generation. They're here to bless that generation and empower that generation. They're here to see God's faithfulness through the generations. We're all in succession We're all called to reproduce and multiply. It's built into everything that God does in his creation and in in his work. We see that in the book of Genesis, right? The command to male and female, be fruitful and multiply. That's my favorite verse, right? Ben's favorite verse, he's done it way more than me. I mean, he's taken the training. I had three. He's got eight, man. He's just multiplying this verse. And so, man, that is good. We're here to reproduce. We're here to flourish through our families. Man, this is a gift of God. And and that that honors him in creation. What about parental favoredness? After after you have the baby, that's the fun part is making the baby, but having the baby, what do we do with these things? We've got to do the hard work of raising them up, right? Right? And and I watch Ben. How's it going, Ben? Uh, Eight, what's going on, man?
1: Yeah, I I, I could say, you know, um, obvious plug, but I'd be nothing without the village. I mean, I, I just would be, we'd be nothing without the other parents and fathers and mothers and families and church family uh, that have come around us. Even this morning, having a three-year-old who's melting down and we don't know where to put him because he'll scream if we check him into the classroom and then we're going to bring him into the sanctuary and that's not going to work out. And, and yet we just know that we're not alone in this deal. And it, you, you have no idea just how true that is for us. I mean, you can imagine with that many bodies in one one roof, under one roof, that that's how. A lot of people ask us, how? How, Ben? Is that, how, how's that possible? How do you guys do it? And I would just say, we're, we're not alone. By the grace of God, he sent us faithful men and women of every age. To, to help us out, and so we, we, we are on the receiving end of this generational vision every single day.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's through the natural family, like Ben and Raleigh, they've decided, they've chosen this by faith, they're raising their kids, but it's about the spiritual family too, right, because there's some of us that didn't get, get that blessing of a mom and dad that were on spot, right, and so we have this brokenness and this dysfunction that we carry from our family of origin, but God brings us into a church, and He raises up spiritual mothers and fathers. To love us and father us and nurture us and mother us. And God heals those. I see him do this. I see him heal father wounds and mother wounds and bring people into health. And that's what the church is about. That's why the generations are so important. We just wanna, don't want a church that grows young. And we don't want a church that grows old. We want a church that grows young and old together. Because there's such blessing in that from generation to the next. It's awesome. And that's the spiritual multiplication. That's Jesus saying, go out and make disciples. You know, that's the mission of our church, to lead others in a genuine relationship with Jesus that reflects his love in the places where they live, work, and play. To go and make disciples of all nations, that spiritual multiplication. It's a huge blessing. And, and we see that always in the biblical model. One of the passages that I've been praying about and studying in the, in the Old Testament as we read through the one-year Bible is, is looking at Moses' relationship with Joshua. And this generational blessing that happens when Moses passes the baton to Joshua. Remember, Moses, he, he gathered the people, he brought them out of slavery, and he, he took them to the promised land, and yet they were thwarted because of a lack of faith. Even Moses had some leadership flaws and he was, it, because of his anger. Hey, you're not going to lead these people. What you're going to do is you're going to develop the next leader. Your legacy, Moses, is going to go into the promised land to Joshua. And as you train Joshua, you model, and you equip, and you bless. What you've done does not die, Moses. It goes on through the generations because I am faithful. Your flaws are not going to stop the faithfulness to the generations. None of us are perfect. We all have flaws. But as we faithfully pray and honor God, he takes his faithfulness and works it through the generations. And here's Moses' blessing to Joshua. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all of Israel... Be strong and courageous. You must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you, Joshua, and he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I love that. I love that. As men have poured into my life, Kenton sure. You know, he was one of my spiritual mentors and spiritual fathers. When he sent me out to plant a church, he said, Bucky, be strong and courageous. As God has been with you, be with me, he's going to be with you. He's going to bless you. He's going to show you the promises. He's going to be with you. And I had that mentoring and that blessing. And I desire to do that for the next generations of men that I get to equip and purpose and send out with God. It's an amazing thing because God's promises, they slide through the generations. The same promises that I have are for Ben. They're from my children and my grandchildren. God's presence slides through the generations. As God is with me, is with Ben, is with Riley, is with my children, He's with my grandchildren. His presence, it goes through the generations. And God's calling, right? His calling is the same. Be strong and courageous and do the work that I called you to do. Accomplish the purposes to bring my redemptive goodness to the whole world. The land was about God's redemptive goodness. Israel was set to the land to be a blessing to the nations. God's church is about redemptive goodness. God has given in the church to bring redemption to the whole world through the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples. The family system is about redemptive goodness. To take God's faith and pass it to the next generation so that all of our children know the goodness of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That continues through the generations. It is a blessing. And you know what? It's a blessing, because it's a blessing to both. It's a blessing to both. There's a blessing to my generation as I am a seasoned veteran. I'm continuing to get older. It's a blessing for me to be able to continue. It's a blessing for Ben as a younger generation to receive wisdom and encouragement and not throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's a blessing to see both and to know the God who is with me as I age is the God who's going to be with him as he goes out and moves forward. It's a blessing to both generations. Uh, For me, personally, as I get to work with the younger generation on our staff, I get to... uh, do new things. I'm so excited for this vision because if you haven't noticed, our church is flourishing and there's a lot more young folks in our church. And you know what? I'm really excited about that. I'm doing four premarital counseling of young couples and I get to pour my marriage legacy into their life and it's so fun. And the thing I love about getting around young couples and young leaders, they're excited. They're excited for life. They're excited to have kids. They're, you know, as you get older, you can kind of get, ah, been there, done that, get a little jaded and there's nothing new under the sun. You kind of start to Get, get inward, and, but man, you get around a young, flourishing person, and they just make you alive again. This energy, this passion, it's like fuel that I draw from. It makes me want to get up again. It makes me want to go at it. It makes me want to see this next person go out and do the work of God. so exciting for me to have a younger, flourishing, hungry person in my life, whether that's a couple or a parent. Man, I'm blessed by that energy. I'm blessed by the, the questions that come. Because they, they want if the, a teachable next generation. They want your wisdom. Hey, here's how I, here's how I messed up Ben in leadership. Learn from my, my mistakes. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. Maybe you can learn from some of them. So you won't repeat those mistakes. And so I get a chance to hand my learnings and my wisdom down. So there's this wisdom thing that's blessing. And finally, it's an honoring thing. It's an honoring thing to have a, a young person say, I want, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to understand. It's just honoring because... You did it well. It's kind of that blessing. Hey, you did it well and I want to learn from you. And so it's such a blessing to my generation to have this, this next generation to work with.
1: Yeah, and just like things have been imparted to you, apparently, uh, they, they've also been imparted to me. And uh, I'd love to share some of those illustrations with you guys, uh, particularly the next generation, some of the ways I've experienced this firsthand. And the first thing that came to my mind as I was processing this last week was our time away. Uh, like like Bucky said, we have these um, you know five volunteer leaders and the two of us, and we got away to the desert to just kind of pray and seek God around what was the what's the verse what's the theme, what are some of the the goals even for twenty twenty and um man, it was such a blast to be with all of these men. It just felt like dads. it just felt like walking into a room of dads and I understand by the way, again, Bucky alluded to this earlier that some of us just do. Do not have a positive vision of what dads or moms were because of our experience. And I would just say hang on, hang on for a second. Because if if there's something you should receive from this generational vision that we're talking about this morning, it's how God, exactly like Bucky said, wants to redeem that picture in your head and all the way down into your heart. Embrace to your core. And maybe even from other churches where you had bad experiences with quote-unquote moms and dads, spiritual mentors who just let you down. And, and we won't be perfect. We won't get it right all the time. But as I walk into this room, uh, all the way from getting my butt whooped on the tennis court by a 60-something-year-old to, to breaking bread <laughs> with these same guys. You can put your hand down, Jeff. Everyone knows. They can they can get in line to get whooped by you at another time, okay? Sign-ups in the lobby afterwards. Uh, the previous generation will humble you. I'm going to get there in a second. But uh, from that, from just having fun to having conversation to 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 breaking bread to having a meal together i just thought to myself once again i've had this revelation before i thought god why would you seek why would you seek to to just smile on me like that why would i why why me why do i get to be on the receiving end of being so blessed to be in a room for even 24 hours with these these great men of god these humble leaders who are seeking you and people, you know, I've thought that before. Why, why, why would I get a biological dad who was great, an awesome Christian man, and then, and then a father-in-law who, who was a great man and an example and someone to look up to? But that's part of this vision. That's part of what happens with the generations. It just feels like walking into a room of dads. And not only do they bless and affirm me and build into me, it, it's, it's, it's what I get out of my time with them and there are, there are at least three things, there are so many more, but three things for our purposes this morning that I would, that I would give you guys, and, and even just speaking again to the, to the 30s and 20s and, and below, why, why you should have hope. And maybe you're new to this church and you're trying to figure out, well, is this for me, is this my wiring, is this, does this match my culture and my DNA? This is a great morning to pray through that. Or whether you're thinking about a next step as a, as a family member at Watermark, great morning to pray through that. But there are a few things I've learned from being around the the previous generation that's blessed me. I'm calling them respect for your elders. And I was raised as, uh, you know, a punk skater kid, and I had zero. I had about this much respect for my elders. They all wanted to get me in trouble or give me a good scolding. Thank God, fast forward, you know, 20 years or so, that he shaped my worldview in a new way. And now I don't just have a scorn for my elders. I have this respect for my elders. And not just elders as a volunteer church leader, but elders, right, the generation that's gone before me, obviously. And the first thing I think about is wisdom. That's the very first principle is wisdom. And wisdom, by the way, it's not just some knowledge. It's not just a skill-based competency that the people that went before us are just proficient in a certain way. It's the fact that they're seasoned, you know. That's what wisdom is. They have a seasoning where they have learned uh, from experience how God operates in the world. And there's a great verse, a classic verse, a proverb. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. It's a beautiful passage. You could just commit it to memory because this cultural moment that we're in is just so bent towards isolation, loneliness, depression. And I'm speaking to my friends who are 20-somethings and 30-somethings because our generation is plagued with this stuck feeling around loneliness and depression and anxiety that follows. And I'm telling you, when you have a, that's, why, that's how I would define safety. When you surround yourself with people that have gone before you, who love on you as spiritual mothers and fathers. Listening to these men in the desert this last week, and I've learned so much from them. Yes, on budgeting and buildings and management and ministry, but not just that. I've learned so much about the things of what to do and sometimes what not to do, because they've shared with me in candor and in shortcoming. The areas of learning from their life. And I want to I wanna apply those in, in as many ways as possible. That's the first thing is wisdom. One of the respect for my elders at this place is wisdom that they impart to us as the next generation. The second thing is, is humility. You know, another thing, another question that I've gotten asked over the last three plus years of working alongside my father-in-law. If you're new to church, that's our relationship here. Not just a working relationship but a family one. And people always ask, what's that like? And and, and I'll tell them, and and I understand before I even open my mouth that it's not often something so many people can relate to when it comes to their working relationships with their boss. But I'll tell them, I'll honestly confess, I can't imagine working with a more humble guy. A guy with just so little ego and pride and control when it comes to his leadership. And that's just a way I would outright, if nothing else, bless Bucky, bless you this morning. Is His bias is towards inclusion. His bias towards delegating and empowering any kind of leader. He let me preach, y'all. It was almost nine years ago. He let me preach. It was like an early 20-something. I had no business being on the stage preaching. And yet he didn't have fear. He wasn't worried about controlling anything. He put me in the game. And because as a result of that, I've learned and I've learned and I've learned and there's a great way that I want to define humility for you this morning. It's this word, brokenness. Let's read this first. This is from 1 Samuel 22. As we look at humility. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented. Maybe they were depressed, they were anxious, they were, they were lonely. Until David was the captain of about 400 men. What's going on in this passage for those newer to the, the book of 1 Samuel? David, this epic Jewish king, one of the most famous kings in the whole Bible. A man of God was once again his life was under threat. Because in those days, as a king, an incoming king, you didn't have a process of steps where it was a peaceful succession of power. It was, you're dead, and your family's dead, and I'm taking over. That's the type of context that David is facing in this passage. So once again, his, his life is in threat, and he's 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 found refuge in a cave. And he's there, and all of these men are coming to him. And what are they? They are broken. They are broken people. And you, and you know what broken people need? They need a broken leader. And that's how I would define humility. And, and uh, there's actually a, a wonderful quote here from a book. This guy talks about the life of David and the kings that came before and after him. You should look it up. I re- recommend it for everyone. It's a very simple, easy read by Gene Edwards, "The Tale of Three Kings. This is what he says about brokenness. He says, in God's sacred school of submission and brokenness, why are there so few students? Because all students in this school must suffer much pain. And as you might guess, it's often the unbroken ruler, whom God sovereignly picks, who meets out that pain. It means that God will put a leader in your life who's maybe unhealthy. Maybe a lot of you are getting this. You understand in your workplace right now. You have a leader who is a control freak. You have a leader who is unhealthy. You have a leader who does not delegate and empower you. And But what's God doing with that boss, you guys? He's he's working out that humility in your heart and your spirit so you can be ready for whatever is next. David was one such student in this school, and Saul was God's chosen way to crush David. He doesn't mean once and for all. He means to crush whatever pride, whatever ego, whatever flesh the Bible calls, which is me doing it apart from God, to crush that so he could be prepared for whatever it was that God had for him. You know, um, many of you will know this, but if you're new, uh, the question is, do we, have, do we have a weeping pastor on our staff here at Watermark? Yeah, we do. We have a weeping pastor on our team. What does that mean? Does that mean that, he's, that he has some kind of problem, that, that he's emotionally unwell? No, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't mean that he's unstable. It means that he's broken. It means that he's broken for the purposes of God and the spirit of God taking authority and control over his heart that he doesn't want to move he doesn't want to act he doesn't want to do the church work apart from the partnership of the Holy Spirit inside him and you can take hope I just want to say you can take hope next generation that you're going to that you're going to have a man as a part of our leadership team who is humble and broken in this way and that God, in all his infinite wisdom, knew that he must place a man like that alongside a man like me who has not figured out that humility game yet, just quite frankly. I'll just put it to you plainly. God knew that I would need help in the area that I'm deficient, growing in humility, growing in brokenness. Thank God that he was gracious and he had that foresight to place me alongside a man, the previous generation who had that. And finally, the third thing, one of the, th- the, the, the biggest things that has been imparted to me from the previous generation at this place, from that group of dads I talked about, to Bucky, to just the men here at large. And of course, if you're a woman, yes, apply that to the women here who are ready and willing to have a relationship with you in terms of being a spiritual mom or being a mentor to you. That third thing is perspective. And I've been on the receiving end for so many years, receiving perspective. And, and my family and I, we're reading through the Bible as well. Just at night, we read like a page. We're just trying to get through the whole thing. And uh, we'll read some fiction as well. And recently, last week, we came across uh, this psalm, Psalm 102. It's on the screen there for you. But you are always the same. This is the psalmist speaking to God. You are always the same, God. You will live forever. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. And I just thought, wow, that's what the previous generation gets, you guys. That's what they understand. Just simply because they've gotten more reps. You know what I mean? They've just seen a few more things. They've been around longer. And so they're, they're standing, as Bucky said, on the promises of God. They've seen how a certain scenario goes. Bucky said that. There's nothing new under the sun. That comes from from another great poetical writer in the book of Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. I need that. I'll just go first. I don't know about you, 30s and 20-something, but I need that. A man and men and people who can stand before me and say, I I just want to tell you something I saw once. Let me give you some perspective. And in that moment of being even a little bit humble enough to receive perspective, I can now be blessed enough to maybe not make the same mistakes, maybe to anticipate and expect and have faith for God in a different way that I would have if I didn't have that perspective in my life. The previous generation, guys, will tell you where God has shown up. They will, they will tell you where God has come through, and that is a beautiful, beautiful gift, standing on God's faithfulness.
2: Amen. Amen. And that's, that's really what... Uh has brought us to this point at Watermark and why we're in this season of generational blessing. When God gave us that vision, um, he gave me the vision to really search for my successor. About three years ago when uh, we were going through things at our church, um, a lot of my mentors, Kenton B. at Mariners, Tim Selleck at The Crossing, they were beginning pastoral succession. And it's in the water. It's a, it's The boomer generation is aging out. And in organizations, whether they're organizations that are for-profit or non-profit, this huge generational succession thing is happening in our culture. And God began to speak to me about that. Bucky, it's time for you to think about the next person who's going to step in your shoes. It's time for you to develop that person. It's time for you to equip that person and get them ready because this is about a vision that's way bigger than your run. It's about a vision that happened way a long time ago and that's going to go through many generations. And so as I did that, I began to pray. The elders began to pray. And uh, ben, ben was the answer to that looked and we searched and little did I know that God was going to, Ben was at the Crossing Church, that God was going to bring my own family member back here to our church and as we interviewed and thought about that, the whole dialogue was about we want to hire somebody but we want to hire somebody for succession and so the elders prayed and interviewed and we all affirmed that Ben was guy, the guy to come here and it was a three year plan and we're in the kind of the third year of that plan Ben, ben has been equipped uh, through, theologically from mentoring through Jerry Tallow, uh, Ben has been uh, mentored by me in terms of and speaking and pastoral leadership. Uh, Ben is receiving coaching uh, from other pastors. He's in a group with Kenton B. Shore and pastoral coaching group. So there's a lot that's been poured into Ben by not only our elders, but a lot of teams around him. And um, we're just celebrating that this year because this is the final year of that succession. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the end of that three-year plan. And in January 2021, I'm going to pass the baton of pastoral leadership to Ben. Ben is going to become the pastoral leader here at Watermark Church. Now, the cool thing about this for me and for Ben is this is a generational vision. It's a family vision. So I'm not leaving the church. Uh, I'm still on the Watermark bus with Ben. We're just changing hats. He's taking the directional lead of the church as I've mentored and equipped and we prayed through. And God has affirmed that through the elders I'm going to become the teaching pastor and continue to be on the executive team, continue to do mentoring, equipping, and support Ben. Be wise counsel at Watermark Church. So it's a really, really cool thing. I'm so excited about it because I get to hand the baton to my own family, uh, my great friend Ben, who I get to partner with every day. It's just such a blessing to me to be able to do this. I I, I thank God for His faithfulness, and so this year is a year to celebrate that succession. Think about what it means for our church because of Ben and I are in succession. God is speaking to the church. This is about Watermark's vision. It's about all of us in succession. It's about generational flourishing. There's so many churches that grow old and age out. There's so many churches that just grow young. We don't want either of those things. We want to grow old and young together by keeping this blessing and driving it into the generations. Mentoring. In our small groups, we want generational succession. In the way that we serve the community, we want generational succession. This is God's DNA for the whole church. And if you're at Watermark, you're a part of this because this is our vision. And so we're excited to have you pray with us this year about that and be with us in that. And one of the guys that's been really instrumental for Ben and I and is going to continue to be instrumental is Martin Motesi, one of our board elders. And I'm going to ask Martin to come up. Uh, Martina, are you back there? He's hiding in the back there. Mar- Martine is a great man of God. And Martin has just gone through succession with his father. His father is an amazing evangelist. His father is the Billy Graham of South America, Alberto Motesi. And Martin has just gone through succession with his dad and blessing his dad in succession and taking over the lead of his organization. His father is still working with him as Ben and I will still work together. We asked Martin just to come up and say a couple things from the elder borbers perspective and join in, in praying for us in this, this succession plan.
0: Uh, this is a wonderful opportunity for us, and we're so excited because we have, uh, I think I was just speaking with Ryan Ledge, which I just met, and um, sometimes if, if we're asked, like, which is your favorite child? I have two amazing daughters. Um, I can't choose, and that's the case that we have here. We have two amazing leaders that have sacrificed, that have built this amazing family from the ground up. So we want to thank you guys, ben, ben and Bucky, for the sacrifice that you guys have made um, as elders, and if I could just take the, the voice of the eldership here Um, generational community is not a word they're not two words it is how we live it is how we breathe Um, the fact that I know when Bob Fulmer came to the Lord it was the year that I was born and the fact that Ben uh, became a Christian probably the day I graduated from high school is the fact that we have this amazing transition if you will it's constant development. It's um, it's the way that we flourish. So the reason why Watermark continues not just to survive but thrive is because of this generation community, which is what we live by, the DNA in us. So. Um, I'm sorry if I went too long, and actually I didn't know I was supposed to say anything today, I really didn't. I was over there just hugging my wife, and and she goes, come on up, so here I am. Well, there you go, man. You did great. great. He's pretty good on his feet, right? So um, why don't we, uh, let's just pray. If everyone could uh, send a handout to uh, Bucky and Ben, this is a a wonderful time for us. Um, Heavenly Father, we just come before you now, Lord. We are so grateful for what you've done here, Father. Thank you for the commitment of these men, of Bucky. And Ben, thank you that they bleed for watermark, Father. Thank you for that they've allowed us to grow. As Bucky has been our shepherd, our leader, he has fed us, he has grown with us, he has walked with us, Father, and he'll continue to be here. Bless him, continue to give him strength and courage, Father. And as he now passes this torch, this mantle to Ben, as they run side by side, Father, we ask that Ben continue his fervor, his passion, his a development of, of leadership of, of, of everything that he's been trained and prepared to do father so that the next 30 years of watermark under bedden's directional leadership father will only reflect your love and your grace for all of us father we are so thankful for this opportunity father thank you for this family of watermark for the, um, the support that we have father and uh, we just ask all these things in your name we pray
2: amen amen, amen. Thanks, Martine
1: thank you Martino Um, I just want to say a couple things and then Bucky's going to take us into communion really quick. I think that warrants to say something. And, and, and I would share with you guys how honored I am, how filled with joy that I am, um, how really truly humbled I am to to think about walking into this guy's uh, office, metaphorical office and ministry office and, and to walk in his shoes. It's a wonderful, humbling gift. And I couldn't be more thrilled that that God would have seen fit to move on his spirit and then to tap me those nine years ago to even work at a church. I had no idea. That was not my idea. That was God's idea through through Bucky. And um, I, I think probably this, this service, a couple more things I'd say is there's lots of questions you might have. And this whole week we're going to put out information, you can go to the website, there's going to be a podcast interview with us, and, and an email, and a mail piece, and all of that, just for all of our friends and family who aren't here today, so just so you know, uh, maybe it's a, there's questions that have come up, but those are all be, I think, I think most all of them will be addressed online. And the final thing I want to say, just to Bucky's point a second ago, is that if this comes across, this, this whole service, as like an announcement service, and it was just kind of like business housekeeping for the church, we would be remiss. I think that that would also make kind of a, a um, really inauthentic presentation of all that we've just preached. We met every word that we just said. This is not just about two people. It's about a family who get to decide whether God's calling them to participate in this same idea, generational succession at every age and every stage. It's an invitation for the whole family and our cherished guests who are here today. It's an invitation for all of us.
2: Amen. And uh, Jesus, you know, as we end our time in worship And we really thank the Lord for what he's doing in our life We're going to come to the table And we're going to participate in communion And then this beautiful picture that Jesus gave his disciples And he said, this is succession right here I'm giving my body and blood for you I'm dying for you I'm giving my life so that you might have life in me Goodness, grace, forgiveness This table represents God giving everything So that we might know his goodness and love And what do we do that? we just take it in and suck it up and say, wow, thanks God, and go live our lives the way we want to? Or do we realize that God gave us that so we would turn outward? We would turn towards our children and say, God, I'm going to give my life for the next generation. I'm going to give my life for the Ben's and for the Levi's and for the kids. I'm going to give my life for those not outside of my family, the people that wouldn't even go into a church every day that I see in the marketplace that are spiritual orphans and don't even know that God loves them. I'm going to give my life so that they would know the gospel. That's why we're doing this for succession, and there will be generations of faith in our country and our land. That's the solution to America. It's not politics. It's not Fox News. It's not CNN. It's not the polls. It's Jesus Christ and a generation that will give their lives for the next generation. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're laying down our lives for the next generation. Please pray about joining us. If you have any questions, let us know but let's celebrate the one who gave his life so that we could be at the table today. Bow our heads, Jesus, we worship you. We thank you that you gave your life. We celebrate your body and blood, and we say thank you for this generational blessing. Thank you for the men and women that have given the gospel from one generation to the next so that we could celebrate at this table today. We celebrate your body and blood. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.